Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation, a podcast where we discuss a different book or a movie each week. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. Our story this week is Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer, and it's Twilight from Edward's perspective. So it starts off with Edward and his family in the cafeteria. He is bored out of his ever-loving mind. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day for him. So Edward is sitting there in the cafeteria. He calls it his purgatory. Mm -hmm. So if you're wondering why these vampires who are eternal beings and never age, why they would force themselves to go through high school, it's because they're trying to have a more stable lifestyle than most of their kind have. Mm -hmm. And the only way they can do that is by pretending to be the age that they look. Yeah. So they have to do high school so that then they can graduate and then become adults and do whatever they want. But for a couple of years, they have to pretend to be high schoolers. Yeah. And they also, they are vegetarian vampires. Mm. It's a little joke between them that they don't eat people. They survive off of animal blood. I think vegetarians would object to that definition. <laughs> Could you imagine the vegan teacher hearing this? I only eat animals. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> so... Edward can also read minds. Yeah. His family sometimes communicates with him through thoughts. And then Edward can also shuffle through the thoughts of his peers, everybody around him. Can you imagine? So he describes it as like this rushing sound of water. It's just constant murmuring mm -hmm. all around him. The thoughts of everyone. I would go insane. Dude, I go, I feel like I'm going insane just with my own thoughts inside my head. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just like one train of thought is driving me crazy. I can't imagine having everyone's train of thought in my head. Two people talking to me at the same time drives me into like a <laughs> spiral of overstimulation. Oh my God, same. Everybody's thoughts, all, the, all of the students' thoughts are consumed with a new girl. There's a new girl in school and her name is Bella Swan. Mm -hmm. And because Edward can read everybody's mind, he can actually see images of her face in everybody's mind. So he is just he's just kind of a little annoyed, like, oh, my God, humans are so fickle. They're obsessed with this ordinary human girl. He's like, she's so basic. Yeah. Edward's brother Emmett thinks to him like, hey, this new girl, she afraid of us yet? So Edward tries to like hone in on her thoughts and realizes he can't. There's just like an empty spot because the girl is sitting there. Bella is in the cafeteria. And she's talking to this girl named Jessica and Edward can hear Jessica's thoughts, but she, yes. he can't hear Bella's thoughts. And he's like, that is so weird that this girl, it's just like there's nothing there. Yeah. So she either literally has no thoughts or she, <laughs> for some reason, can't read them. Yeah, which it's never happened to him before. Right. So he's understandingly intrigued and a little confused, just like what is going on here? Well, Edward and Bella have biology together, so he can yeah. go try to intrude on her personal thoughts there. Yeah, he doesn't have a lab partner. And so he's like, oh, no, poor girl is going to have to sit next to the scary Cullen. Um, she comes in. She introduces herself to the teacher. He directs her to Edward's table. Mm -hmm. Edward gets a big old whiff. Of her smell. Of her smell. And it's not like, oh, shit, she smells like B.O. Like, <laughs> she, I guess a good comparison would be she smells like a juicy, raw steak to a lion. Oh, goodness. And. I like that. Edward is like, oh, fuck, must eat. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is a vampire that is used to being around humans. He's used to smelling them. Yes. He's used to resisting his urge to feed on them. Mm -hmm. And this one girl just completely unravels him with her scent. Yes. 
And his mind literally goes through kill, kill, eat. So he formulates this whole plan about, okay, you know what? I'm just going to kill her and eat her. Um, but then I have to kill everybody else in this classroom. It's crazy because his thoughts turn so dark. He's just sitting there the whole time planning, like, I'm going to have to snap these people's necks in the back really quickly and then snap these people's necks. How long is it going to take me? Yeah. How long? How many necks per second can I snap? Is someone going to scream? Are more people going to come in? How many good people are going to have to die so that I can drink this girl's blood? Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie. I find his super dark but exceedingly calm thought <laughs> process to be super, like, intriguing. He... Do you ever watch the show Dexter on HBO? So I watched, like, the half the first season. Yeah. So that it, it, I got Dexter vibes, you know? It's just definitely a calm psychopath. Um, and that's basically what, what Edward was in the moment. And mm -hmm. he was literally a split second away from acting out on his impulses. Mm -hmm. Someone, uh, shuts their textbook and that little whiff of air slams against him. And he basically like, it clears his head for a fraction of a second. And he remembers he shakes himself he, out of it. He shakes himself out of it. And he remembers like, I, I don't have to breathe. I can hold my breath. So he holds his breath. Yeah. You almost assassinated an entire class full of people because you forgot you could hold your breath. Yeah. What What the actual fuck? When he finally leaves the classroom, he really gets fresh air into his lungs and he says it like washes out. It sobers him up. Yeah. It sobers him up. And he's like, OK, so I don't like that was crazy. I don't have to. I don't want to kill this girl. Like, that's mm -hmm. not me. I just need to stay away from her. Yeah. So he... Goes to the front office and is like, hey, listen, I need to get out of biology and go to something else. And mm -hmm. the secretary in the front office is explaining to him, like, listen, I'm really sorry, but yeah. there's just no other option for you, you know, for this science class. When he realizes he cannot switch out of her class and now that he's away from her, he decides that he needs to leave the town. So Edward goes home to tell his family that since he can't drop his class, he's just going to drop the whole town. Yeah. The whole fucking town. Bye. Yeah. So his sister, Alice, she can see the future. Yeah. I'm just like, Edward can read minds. Alice can see the future. The future is a fluid thing. Right. So she sees a lot of futures regarding Edward and Bella. But the one that really stands out to him is she sees him killing her, just him covered in her blood. Yeah. And, you know, he does not want that. He doesn't want to, you know, incriminate his yeah. family like that. He told Alice he was leaving and Alice was like, Edward, it doesn't matter if you leave. Like You'll be back. You'll be back. Like you can't get you can't stay away from her. Like all of yeah. my visions, every every possible scenario of the future says that you will you will be back. And he's just like, bitch, you know nothing, even though she knows you know everything. <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> you know nothing, Alice Cullen. <laughs> she tells him that, she, that he'll be back and he yeah. leaves anyways. Yeah, he runs north. He, he, runs, all, he runs all the way to Alaska. <laughs> yeah, he runs all the way to Alaska. And so he just kind of like lays in the snow, yeah. tapping himself into going back to kill her, out of going back to kill her. How long her. has he gone for? A week? Uh, yeah, I think he's gone for like a week or two. Yeah. And he comes back, you know, clear minded and is like, you know what? I can do this. Yeah. He's like, I can do this. I can resist her. Before he left that day, he was probably like, Edward, 
you are a bad bitch. <laughs> you can do this. He looked in the mirror and he was like, honey, you, you can do anything. You're a boss, babe. You can do this. <laughs> Who's a boss ass bitch? You're a boss ass bitch. You're going to go to the school today. You're not going to murder anybody. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so Edward comes back and the first order in his agenda is to kind of change the impression that Bella has of him because mm -hmm. he's very much aware that he came off very antagonistic. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, okay, if I'm going to stay, I need to make sure that she's not suspicious of me because I can't have her going around asking questions mm -hmm. and putting attention on us. So he hunts before he goes back. So his eyes are now a topazy golden color. Cute. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, one of the pro-con. Um, <laughs> When he goes back to school, they again have biology together. And he's nicer to her this time. He is. He's Esther. He's asking her questions and she is really confused. Yeah. You know, he went from being so rigid and silent and hostile, hostile towards her to be like, hey, girl, you're new, right? And she's like, um, yeah. <laughs> he still can't read her mind. He can't anticipate what she's going to say. Right. He's not really used to doing a whole lot of conversing with people out loud. He's enjoying the challenge. Like he has not been. This guy is over 100 years old and he's never been challenged in conversation. And now he's like, oh, wow. I'm yes. Kind of, she's keeping me on my toes because I don't know how she's going to respond. So he skips his last class of the day um, and he goes and spies on her, which yeah. is like <laughs> Okay, a little less endearing, but all right. Okay. Since he can't read her mind, what he starts doing to figure out where her head is at, okay. he starts reading the minds of anyone who has interactions with her because he's yeah. trying to figure out if 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 she says anything to them or mentions anything weird. But he contemplates running away again. He decides not to leave. So he goes to school and it's really icy and snowy outside um, Bella just got to school. She's getting out of her truck. Yeah. She is getting ready to walk up to the school building when a van driven by another student starts to skid and slide. Edward, in a split second, decides to go save Bella. So he literally vampire runs from one <laughs> end of the parking lot to the other end of the parking lot. Yep. Puts himself between her and, and van. this van careening towards her Yep. Um, and stops it. He you stops know, it with his hand. He like literally yes. puts his hand out and stops the van. Not from today, Satan. <laughs> he stops the van from crushing her. Yeah. He had to make that split second decision. But in that split second, he thought to himself, if I go save her, I risk outing myself as having superhuman abilities. But if I don't save her, her blood is going to spill and I'm literally going to go over there and I'm going to be drinking from her corpse. And that's also going to out us. Yeah. Rosalie, his... um sister his older sister she's pissed she is livid she's like oh my god edward i can't believe you did this she's thinking all of this just like throwing all these thoughts towards him like how dare you they don't get involved in the human lives they don't and this isn't something that they typically do they don't go around saving people they're not superheroes mm -hmm. um they just let humans live and die at their own volition Yes. And so this is a first for them to intersect in an accident to save someone. Yeah, this is a first. And Rosalie is even more agitated about it because Edward had already left um, once because of the girl. There, there's something there's something weird about Rosalie's mm -hmm. uh, anger. And I think we might we might be getting into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so he saves her and then the ambulance comes and the ambulance takes Bella and the driver of the van to the hospital. Yeah. So it just so happens that Edward's dad, who's also a vampire, 
um, his his adoptive dad, so to speak, um, is a doctor at the hospital. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Carlisle. Carlisle. Yeah. So Carlisle uh, treats Bella. But what's what's funny to me is that Edward gaslights Bella because he Bella is, is like so much. He pu- she pulls him aside and she's like, "What the hell was that? You and he's literally." Like, what? She's like, huh? she's like, you, <laughs> she's like, you came out of nowhere and stopped the van, the van with your hand. He's like, no, I didn't. She's like, I saw you, Edward. He's like, no, I didn't. She's like, Edward, you were halfway across. You were on the other side of the parking lot. And he was like, I was right next to you. And then he says, it's not my fault if you are exceptionally unobservant. Yeah. Gaslighting. Like, like she's the fucking crazy one here, you know? Edward, after he leaves the hospital, you know, and after Carlisle leaves the hospital, um, the Cullens have like a big family meeting. Rosalie is, of course, livid. She is so mad that Edward has sort of jeopardized their standing or like their family's their family safety in this town, you know? Right. Which I think Rosalie has a valid point. You know, Edward is being crazy little fuck. Yeah. They consult with Alice like, Alice, what do you see? Do you see anyone being suspicious of us? And I think she says like, no, I don't see any. I don't think Bella's Mm going to say anything. She's like, I don't think Bella's going to say anything. But she can only see two outcomes for Bella's future. She's either going to become a vampire or Edward's going to kill her. You know, there's no in between. And Edward's like, bitch, shut your mouth. He doesn't like either of these options because to him, becoming a vampire is like he thinks that their souls are damned. He does not believe vampires have souls. Yeah, and he hates his existence. He feels like it's it's mm-hmm. this tortured existence of resisting human blood. Edward goes into full on creepy vampire stalker mode. Oh my god, yes, this is where his obsession kicks in. I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'm still into it, but <laughs> we should, you know, let's go ahead and we just need to acknowledge it. We need to acknowledge, you know, the reality here. We acknowledge it first and then we kind of decipher our toxic feelings later uh-huh. i mean his obsession is spiraling you know mm-hmm. it's it's really spiraling because at first it was just a physical thing like the smell of her blood and then mm-hmm. it was like trying to figure out where her thoughts were to make sure she wasn't gonna out them and then it became kind of he was learning all these little tidbits about her as he was watching her through everybody else's thoughts and watching all her interactions mm-hmm. he was learning that she's she's pretty selfless for a teenager she puts other people's other people first she never complains. She is really like kind hearted. So he's learning all these traits about her from his basically intruding on other people's thoughts and experiences with her. Mm-hmm. And it's endearing her to him. Yeah. He spends every minute of his day at school watching her through the eyes of those around her. Yeah. So Edward is sitting alone in the cafeteria mm-hmm. and away from, his, away from family. his family. And then he calls Bella to sit with him. Um, and they talk a little bit, you know, she gets to know him a little bit, but still, like, he knows so much about her. It's funny we haven't said red flag once. I mean, I think it's because we're inside Edward's head. Nothing feels like a red flag. His motivations are heartfelt and they're pure in intentions because they're not sexually motivated at this point. They're not. And, yeah. And I feel like I'm willing to allow a lot of this because they're not sexually motivated. Right. But also, don't get me wrong. I love sexually motivated intentions, <laughs> even if they are red flags. So, Yeah. He's really pure. He's from a different time. You know, Edward is. Edward is from the 1900s where, you know, he's used to being a gentleman. He was born in like 1901. Yeah, he's he's a gentleman. And we can hear it in his thoughts. So 
now Forks is starting to get sunny. Vampires yep. cannot go out into the sun. The Cullens have to skip school. Yeah. The Cullens skip school. And so Edward, like the creepy vampire stalker that he is, he still watches her. Um, but he watches her from the shadows in the trees. Edward overhears Bella and her friends making plans to go to this nearby city uh, to go dress shopping. Mm-hmm. The city is called Port Angeles, and it's where the cool kids go. Yeah, it's like their closest big city. So he's just, essentially, his thought process is like, this girl Bella has very intoxicating smelling blood. So he's kind of terrified that she's going outside of their safety radius. And so mm-hmm. he's like, well, I'm going to have to go now. Not that he had other plans because his entire life is is, yeah. is her. <laughs> it's all Bella and all, yeah. So he follows her to Port Angeles. He, again, um, watches her through the eyes of her friends. Yeah. He does not want to be in her friends' heads at this point because they are trying on dresses. Yeah. And he's being a gentleman, so he exits that. And he's like, oh, okay, like I'll give them an hour or so, and then I'll check back yeah, in. Yeah, he's, he's given them um, privacy. Yeah, he's given them privacy. And then like an hour later, he checks in. And Bella's not there. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> I don't even think it's a full hour. He just gives him some privacy. And when he checks back in, uh, the two friends, Jessica and Angela, they're like, oh, let's go do this. But what about Bella? And Jessica's like, Bella will be fine. And Edward's like, wait a minute. Bella's not with them. And so now he's freaking out because she's the only person in the world who he can't track down. Mm-hmm. And also, we should mention that that. Edward has a thought radius, right? So he yes. can he can hear everyone's thoughts like for miles and miles around him. But it's easy for him to kind of hone in on the thoughts with the voices he's familiar with. So that's why it's easy for him to kind of follow Bella's friends around because he can tell their voices apart. Mm-hmm. He starts driving around trying to sift through the thoughts of everyone in the city to see if anyone has seen her. And then he finally hones in on a very disturbing thought. And it's a group of guys, and they're all thinking like, oh, there she is. There she is. Yeah, so these guys, um, the lead one, I think Edward said his name was Lanny. Yeah. Um, So he hones in on the lead one's thoughts, and she can hear all these things that he's wanting to do to Bella. Um, Extremely unsavory things. Edward is having flashbacks because he remembers... There was a time in Edward's life where he used to hunt humans, but he used mm-hmm. to hunt humans that had these kind of thoughts. Yes. He only killed bad people. And i that's sort of how he justified it. He's very familiar with this train of thought. He's like, I've, I've, I've met this type of human before. And mm-hmm. this guy is sadistic. And he can tell yes. that the other guys that are with him, they think they're just messing with a girl. They don't realize how far the other guy is willing to take it. Yeah. And he's willing to take it very far. Yeah. Um, and so Edward, like a bat out of hell, just <laughs> zooms into that alley, flings that door open. Before he even tells Bella to get the fuck in the car, she's already yeah. getting the fuck in the car. Yeah. And, you know, Edward is sort of like um, debating how he's going to handle this human man. And he wants to kill him. He wants to kill him. He knew that he couldn't get out of the car because then he would expose himself in sunlight. Yeah. But then he's also so upset that he had to drive away versus killing those mm-hmm. guys that were very obviously wanting to hurt Bella. He's still just like fuming with fucking anger. You yeah. know, he is so enraged. He tells Bella to like distract him. He's like, just talk about anything. Yeah. Just get my mind off of that, which she does. And after they've driven around for a minute and he's calmed down, 
he's like, all right, I'm going to take you back to your friends now. They were so Bella's friends are waiting for her at the at a restaurant where they were supposed to have dinner. Mm -hmm. So Edward takes Bella to the restaurant. And she's like, how did you know? (laughs) He knows a lot of things, Bella. So, okay, so he he takes her to the restaurant. But by the time they get there, Bella's friends are leaving and they're like, oh, they ate without her. Yeah, They're just like, oh, so sorry, Bella. We tried waiting. You didn't come. So we ate. And so Edward is Edward is like, well, Bella, I guess you and I are having an impromptu date. Italiano. Italiano. They don't say it's Olive Garden, but we know it's Olive Garden. It's Olive Garden. (laughs) So they eat. Um, and while they're eating, you know, she's asking questions and he's like, you eat, I'll answer questions. And well, he's not eating. Yeah. Okay. He's not eating. He's watching her eat. Yeah. Oh, but the waitress. So Edward can hear the waitress's thoughts. And the waitress uh-huh. is like, wait a minute. He wants to. She tries sitting. The, he, she tries to sit them down in this crowded area. And Edward's mm-hmm. like, can we have a more private space so we can talk? And the waitress is thinking, I know he doesn't want private space with this basic looking bitch. Like he gives her like 50 bucks and she takes him to like this booth in the back. But she's still making like come fuck me eyes at him. Oh, yeah. The whole time she's ignoring Bella. And Mm -hmm. and um, this happened one time when Frank and I went to Comfy Cow, which is like a um, ice cream place. Mm -hmm. It was in Lexington. And we went to Comfy Cow. And this waitress literally like, oh, do you want to try this one or this one? She literally gave him, like, let him sample, like, eight different flavors <laughs> of ice cream. And I'm just like, okay. And then I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, can I try this one? And she's just like, let me finish with him first. And I was like, okay. Oh, no way. And she was so rude to me. Oh, my and God. He's like, I don't know. I'm kind of torn between these two. And she's like, well, I'm not supposed to. She's like, but I can actually give you, like. A scoop of one and the other on your cone, um, and, <laughs> and then I can I can lick one side of the of the ice cream while you lick the other. And completely in the trip, and our tongues will meet in the middle. <laughs> completely oblivious to his wife standing right there. And so, like literally, like she's giving him like these huge grape sized samples on these tiny yeah. spoons. And the sample she gave me like was like a grain of rice, and I'm like, like it's like the essence of the ice cream. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, okay, I think I can taste it. Um, <laughs> And literally, like, his cone was, like, so it was, much like, bigger. four inches tall. And mine was, like, a kid's cone. Frank was so oblivious. He didn't even realize that she was hitting on him until we left. And I'm, like, mad. He's, like, you just got ice cream. Like, what the fuck are you mad for? <laughs> Bella is not oblivious to... She is not. ...the waitress flirting with Edward. And neither but is I- Edward. But Edward is unaffected by it. He's completely so used to women simping over him. You know, we got to bring back the vocabulary word. Simping. Yeah. It's very obvious that Bella has had, she's had time to kind of put pieces together. And she has come up with a theory as to what's going on with um, why Edward is pale, gorgeous, Mm -hmm. saved her with superhuman strength, um, seems to know what everyone around her is thinking. Skip school on sunny days. Skip school on sunny days. To be fair. She did not come up with this theory on her own. During one of the sunny days, she went to La Push. Yeah, La Push is is a beach on the Indian reservation. Mm -hmm. With the Quillute tribe. Yeah, so Bella, her dad has a friend. Billy. Billy. He's one of the elders of the local Native American tribe. And Billy's son, Jacob, Bella kind of grew up 
knowing Jacob because anytime mm-hmm. she came to visit, her and Jacob would play. They're around the same age. Yeah. And so she basically got information out of Jacob uh, about the Cullens because there's a legend about the Cullens that only the Native Americans know. They call them the cold ones. And Jacob is like, well, I'm not supposed to tell you, but like, I'll tell you, you know? Yeah. Well, he tells her that the Cullens and his people, um, his tribe, have mm. some sort of treaty where they have to stay away from each other. So she basically tells Edward this. And then Edward's like, oh, shit. So she knows the truth. Yeah. They kind of tease around the actual word for a while. And mm-hmm. it's not until their drive back home in the car. And she tells him, she essentially tells him, like, I think you're a vampire. And he's just like, oh. well, he doesn't. He's like, I cannot confirm nor will I deny that I'm a vampire. But good job, girl. You figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> and in, on their drive, on their drive back from the restaurant, he actually thinks to himself like, oh, wow, like there's something wrong with her because she's sitting here next to me. She just learned that I'm a vampire and her heart because he can hear her heart because his hearing is so good. And yeah. he's like, she's just sitting there calmly. She just found out I'm a vampire. And she's like, okay. Yeah. So he thinks to himself, you know what? Something is wrong with her. I think I can get her the best doctors available. Like, do you remember? He was like, we can, like, I can get her treatment for this. Like, something is wrong with her brain. She is not normal. No, I do remember that. But in the end, he just kind of decides, like, it's just Bella. It's just crazy. (laughs) Just crazy, Bella. Oh, Bella. After that happens, when he gets back home after dropping her off, he is so anxious about how close she came to dying. Mm-hmm. And then he starts thinking about how many close calls she's had since he met her. He's like, first of all, yeah. what are the chances that she would come live in this town where there are vampires? And then what are the chances that she would sit next to the vampire who finds her blood irresistible? Mm-hmm. And so he starts spiraling and thinking to himself, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I like how do I know that a meteor is not going to fall and, and crash through her bedroom? Yeah. And to be fair, like, that's not a unfair assessment. <laughs> I mean, she's obviously accident prone. Um, but mm-hmm. so Edward is kind of having so much anxiety about the fact that who's going to keep her safe and can she be trusted to be left alone just to you know, even to go to sleep. Exist. Yeah, just to exist. So instead of doing his nightly runs that he has been doing to clear his head, he goes and checks on her. Um, mm-hmm. And for at first, he just stays on the outside of the, her house, just kind of listening for thoughts. Then he starts bringing WD-40 to oil the windows. <laughs> yeah, because eventually he realizes like, no, I gotta have, I gotta have eyes on her. So he goes up to her room. Her window creaks open. He kind of makes a mental note like, all right, I got to bring the WD next time. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so he's and he makes it a nightly ritual from that point forward. He Mm -hmm. comes every night to watch her sleep because the other thing that intrigues him is that she talks in her sleep. And so now Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, I might get insight into her head. He's like, (gasps) she's like, she says, Edward, can you imagine if she would have said something really embarrassing if she would have been like, Edward? It's so big. Is it going to (laughs) fit? So like the next day, he picks her up for school in the morning. She's wearing Edward's jacket. Everyone at school is just like, what? Yeah. Like they are just awestruck. If you guys are are dating, just say it. You're dating. Just say it. Don't sit here and be like, I don't know. Like, we're just talking and like, we're just friends. Like, mm, well, because because Bella's friend Jessica is like, you're dating him. That's crazy. 
And Bella's like, no, no, we're just friends. But, you know, they have lunch together after he spies on our morning, like normal. It's really, it's a, it's a bit much at this point. Because he's not living, he's, he's walking obsessed. around like a zombie, not really paying attention to what's in front of him, but rather reacting to what Bella is doing that he sees through everyone else that's around her. And he's like, he laughs mm-hmm. to things that happen to her. And he's somewhere else. Like, he's like sitting in class. And he starts laughing randomly and everyone looks at him like, what is going on with Edward Cullen? And he's just like, no, don't worry about it. (laughs) So now that Edward and Bella kind of have a relationship together, Uh he, well, first of all, because Alice can see the future and because Edward can read minds, there's very little secrets in the Cullen clan. Mm -hmm. And Alice told, told the rest of the Cullens that Edward basically exposed his secret to Bella mm-hmm. and that and the Cullens are pissed but Alice is like I can see the future and in no future do I see Bella exposing us yeah no Bella has no intentions at all of exposing them she has so little intention of exposing them that a- even after Edward begs her to tell her dad that they're going to be together yeah. on Saturday he's like listen because they have another date coming up on Saturday it's yeah. sunny and so he's gonna show her like how his skin looks um, in the sun. He's like, I want to show you why I can't be in the sun. Mm-hmm. But listen, it would really help if you just kind of, you know, tell someone that you'll be with me. Because if I know that I don't have an alibi, I, I, I might I kill you. Like, if I know that I that nobody knows you're with me, I'll probably kill you. He's he's telling her, like, you don't understand. I am I am a homicidal maniac maniac who is who's who's recovering i'm a recovering homicidal maniac i try very hard not to eat human blood you have tempted me more than anyone else ever i cannot guarantee like i don't want to kill you but i cannot guarantee that Mm -hmm. i won't and so yeah he um he's like you really need to tell your you tell your dad you need to give me an incentive to bring you back yeah um so i don't kill you Okay, so I think we could we could dust out the old red flag right right about now. We can find it. We can kind of take the the cobwebs off of it because we haven't used it all episode. But red fucking flag. I think the fact that he's still afraid he is probably going to kill her is in fact a red flag. I guess. Well, I you know what though, I appreciate that he realizes she's not 100% safe because I think that makes yeah. her safer than if he would lie to himself and be like, no, I would never hurt her because I don't want to. Because I think he realizes like, it's not about what I want. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't want to hurt her doesn't mean that my instincts won't come over me and get the better of me. Well, and see, here's the thing. Alice keeps giving him percentages. Yeah. You know, with you're not going to hurt her, you're not going to hurt her. She's like, it's like 60, 40, <laughs> maybe like 65, 35 um, on like a good day. Yeah. He's like, I like those odds. We're going on a date. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to this. He's taking her to this meadow that he likes to go to on sunny days. It's really isolated. It's like a freaking five mile hike. Listen. On a second date, if you want me to go hiking five miles, like, it's not happening. <laughs> it's like, are you bringing a shovel? Because you're going to have my body over your shoulder. You got to get rid of me. Um, you're going to have to carry me. So they go to this hike. They get to the edge of the clearing. Edward steps into the light and he reveals what he looks like in full sunlight. It's full sunlight. And he is... He's a disco ball. He's a disco ball. He's he's a human-shaped disco ball. His skin 
is is like made up of diamonds, essentially. The sun is bouncing off his skin like a glimmering diamond. Listen, he's using too much highlighter. All right. Like he's supposed to get just the cheeks no. a little bit on the side of the face and the tip of the nose. He's just that's not how you do it, Edward. Maybe the collarbone a little bit if you're trying to be sexy. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because the whole hike to the clearing, Edward is thinking in his head, he's like, when she sees me, she's going to be disgusted and she's finally going to realize that I'm a vicious killer. He fully expects Bella to throw up on the spot. And then he comes out and she's like, oh, my God, you're so cute. Like, you are so cute. Oh, my God. I love shiny things. <laughs> Diamonds are girls' best friends. Yeah, they are. Especially when they have a penis. They're made of men. <laughs> Especially when that diamond is a man. With a penis. <laughs> a penis. Um, so in response to Bella being amazed, Edward just kind of like dips to the middle of the meadow. And he's like, I need a minute. Well, he thought this was going to be this big catalyst for her leaving him forever and i mean he should realize by now that bella has zero self-preservation skills or desires she does not think of her well-being at all Mm -hmm. because it's honestly extremely dangerous for her to be out there in the first place and he tells her as much and she's like it's cool and he's just like i don't have the strength to convince you to stay away from me and if if nothing i do or say can convince you then Let's go, honey. Like at this Let's point, go. like if you're too dumb to live, you deserve to die. Like it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, Edward once again has to resist because they get she gets very mm-hmm. close to him. She puts her hands on him and she gets a little too close. And I did lovingly wait, not like put his her hands on him. Like, well, I'm not speaking slang. I mean, Bella walks up and she touches his skin. And at first he's like, OK, this is. This is uncomfortable for me physically because of the burn in my throat for my desire to rip her neck off. But he's resisting. But then she gets a little too close. He catches her scent and he has to physically yank himself away from her to keep from killing her. And she doesn't understand. He has to explain to her, like, your smell is like my personal brand of heroin. Yeah. They... Go back to Bella's house after the meadow. And on the way, Edward sort of tells her the origin story of the Cullens, you know, like how they became a family. Yeah. So it all started with Carlisle. He turned Edward when Mm -hmm. he found him. Edward was dying of a disease in a hospital. Of Spanish flu. Carlisle saved him because at this point, Carlisle was a doctor. He had been a vampire for many years Mm -hmm. and he was lonely because he didn't know any other vampires that were like him. So he wanted to create a family of vampires that were kind, Mm -hmm. respectful of humans and only ate animals. So he was like, I can't I can't I can't find those people. So I'm just going to make them myself. Yeah. And so it was just him and Edward for a few years. Then came Esme, the mom, the mom. Yes, Esme. The mom, she had fell off a cliff. They brought her straight to the morgue, but her heart was actually still barely beating. So Carlisle changed her and brought her into the family as well. And then it was Rosalie. Then it was Rosalie. And Rosalie, she had a very tragic beginning or ending to her first life and beginning to her second life. um, Because Rosalie was actually um, assaulted by by a group of men. One of which was her fiancé that she was supposed to marry. Carlyle changed her and he changed her in the hopes that Edward would find happiness with her the way he found happiness with Esme. Yeah, so this is where we get the real tea, honey. Because this yeah. is where Edward reveals 
And he doesn't so much say it to Bella. I mean, he kind of does, but he's Mm -hmm. very careful with his words because he doesn't want to make Bella jealous. But Edward reveals that Carlisle intended for Rosalie to be Edward's mate. But but Edward, Edward could not stand Rosalie. He found her so petty and tedious and like uh vain. vain he couldn't stand to be in her head so he couldn't see himself with her and rosalie you know also did not show any interest in edward she was like no thank you well she wasn't interested in edward but she was resentful that edward wasn't interested in her yes next was emmett yeah rosalie found emmett he had been attacked by a bear and she brought him to carlisle and she was like please save him when emmett becomes a vampire rosalie and emmett become an item they start they fall Mm -hmm. in love then comes alice and jasper together yeah so alice and jasper were already vampires they're kind of the only two that were not turned by carl like the non-biological ones yeah so you know alice was already a vampire but she can't remember her origin story she doesn't Mm -hmm. know who she was beforehand All she knows is that she had a vision of meeting Jasper and Jasper calling her Alice. So that's how she knew what her name was. Jasper, on the other hand, he probably has the darkest past of the Cullens. Yeah. So Jasper was a Civil War soldier that was turned by a vampire um, with the sole goal of creating more, creating more vampires and then disposing of them when they were no longer useful. This whole conversation is happening in bed. Edward and Bella, like, they're laying together in her bed. And I think she even kind of asks him because they're kind of musing the possibility of their relationship. And he's basically saying, like, he he gives up trying to mm-hmm. get away from her. Like, he feels like he can't. So he's just giving in. And I feel like she kind of asks about the possibility of a sexual relationship. Um, he talks about um, Rosalie and Emmett, about how sometimes they live away from the family as a married couple. Yeah. And she's like, is their marriage the same as a human marriage? And he's like, what do you mean? Do you mean, do they argue about who does the dishes? Yeah, they do. She's like, no, no, no. Do they, do they? She's just like, you know, like, is it like the same? And like, he knows she means sex. Yeah. Or he thinks she means sex, but he doesn't want to say sex unless she brings up sex. Right. Um. So finally, someone kind of is like, would that be possible for us? And Edward's like, oh, she does being sex. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, sorry, honey. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. He's like, I, my strength is too extraordinary and you are too extremely fragile. He's like, I could never allow myself to lose control around you. And so she's just kind of pondering this sexless existence for the rest of her life. Because she's pretty much like in love with him at this point. And she's just mm-hmm. like, well, I guess I'm just never I'm going to be a virgin forever. Well, and then it's funny because she's like, he's like, have you ever, you know, and she's like, what? No, not I, I have it. And then he's like, that makes two of us. Oh, I didn't realize he said that. Yeah. He said like, that makes two of us or that's something we have in common. So he reveals he's a virgin. Yeah, he reveals that he's a virgin. He's a hundred plus years old. First of all, I call cap on that shit. <laughs> I think we have our vocabulary word of the episode is, is cap. Cap. All right, let's let's cap. look it up. What is cap? Okay, let me look up cap for us. Um, cap. This is a def- definition from Urban Dictionary. Lie, which is more, which is the more popular definition. No cap refers to no lies being told. Yeah. So when you say something is cap, you're saying that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. When you say no cap, you're saying this is the truth. Yeah. So you call you call cap on Edward I being call a virgin. Cap. 
on <laughs> Edward being a virgin. Listen, you're trying to tell me that a 17-year-old brooding, gorgeous vampire who has been around for 100 years, who has been around for 100 years, you're trying to tell me that he ain't never got no pussy. Yeah. Uh, no. It's hard. No, it's he's hard. Dipped his, he's dipped his glitter dick in something, all right? <laughs> so I have a question. Okay. Don't yeah. laugh. Okay. So vampires don't have blood, correct? Yeah. Are you going to talk about boners? Yes. You get erection <laughs> because blood rushes to your penis in response to arousal. Yeah. And makes, you know, it makes the penis hard. Right. So are vampires just always hard? Because like they're like rock hard skin is like diamond. Like I think like their limp penises are like <laughs> solid rock and you just kind of have to like hold it. I think that's how it works. Okay. I don't know. So that's one of the things. So I guess it's always hard. Do they have to like tuck backwards? <laughs> like the fact that Edward is a 17 year old, has been a 17 year old vampire for a while. Oh my God. And he is a virgin. I absolutely 100% cock yeah. up on that shit. He never thinks about sex. Like, we're in his head and he never thinks about it. Even with Bella. So... I call bullshit on that. This has been censored. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe he. it's like his diary. He's censoring it. You ever censor, like, when you were younger, you ever censor your diary because you just knew someone was going to read it? No, because I burned my diary after every time I wrote in it. I wrote the pages out and burned them. You are <laughs> such a psychopath. <laughs> no, because I, my, my, I knew my parents, like, looked at my room and stuff. So I didn't... Um, I didn't even think about hiding it. I had yeah. no good hiding spots. So, like, I'm sorry. You, like, you want my diary under my pillow, between my mattresses? Yeah. I have a better shot of hiding it in my parents' room. Oh. And so. That's actually a good idea. No, um, I, I did. I burned it. You're, you're a nut job. Kids, don't do that. That's so dangerous. <laughs> After I just said dipped his glitter stick at something, like, I definitely <laughs> hope children are not listening to this. Okay. All right. So, next day. Edward tells her, like, hey, you're, you know, you're coming to meet my family. And she's super nervous. Not that she's about to go into literally a vampire's den. She's not nervous about that. She's just nervous that they won't like her. I know. She's so pure. She's so pure in the dumbest way, but so pure. So they go and they visit the Cullen's house. And of course, Esme is so excited and everyone is is so warm and open with her. But like, even though Emmett and Rosalie aren't there, you know, Edward's really glad that, you know, she's getting to know his family because yeah. he does intend for her to be kind of a fixture there for as long as she's willing to have him. You know, at this point, he's afraid that as she, Bella gets older, she will outgrow him. Yeah, his fear is, one, his fear used to be that he would kill her. And now he feels like, you know, I'm probably not going to kill her because Alice's visions are are more leaning toward Bella becoming a vampire than her dying. Like, all of all of Alice's visions show Bella becoming a vampire, almost like that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And so he's not worried about killing her anymore. Um, do you remember the part where... There's a thunderstorm and and they're like, let's go play some baseball. Yes. Okay. So Alice tells Edward, like, hey, there's going to be a thunderstorm. A thunderstorm. And on thunderstorms, we play baseball. On thunderstorms, we play baseball. And Bella's like, the fuck? And he's like, you'll understand why. <laughs> he's like, you need to um you need to introduce me to your dad before we leave. And Bella's like, fuck, fine. <laughs> so um, he goes back to, like, you know, clean up, change his clothes, you know, t- 
talked to his family. You know, he asked Rosalie to please stay. You know, like Rosalie's already trying to speed out of town. He's like, you've got to meet Bella. You got He's to. like, come on. He's like, don't do this, Rosalie. He's like, please come. Yeah. And she's like, fine. But I hate you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck on this, but I so I really like the relationship dynamics between Rosalie and Edward because I feel like it is so quintessentially yeah. sibling. Well, it's almost like she wants what's best for him, but she doesn't know how to communicate it in any other way other than annoyance and anger and passive aggressiveness. Yes. They go to play baseball and Bella finds out why they have to wait for thunderstorms. And it's because when they hit the ball, it is loud. Yeah. It's like this huge crack that sounds like thunder. Yeah. So they have to wait for the lightning or they have to wait for the thunderstorms in order for them to blend in and people not be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> but it's a cute, it's a cute moment for Edward and Bella. I know? really, I, I like it a lot, you know, because... Um, Emmett hits the ball and Bella's like, oh, my God, that has to be a home run. And then Esme's like, Emmett hits the hardest, but Edward is the fastest. Yeah, he is. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> they're having a blast. They're having a really good time. Oh, but their game is interrupted. It's interrupted by Alice's vision. So, yes, again, Alice can only see the future when it's triggered. As it is currently decided. Right. As, as it is currently decided. And so something about them playing baseball game triggered a new future. And she mm-hmm. tells them, like, there there are three vampires coming this way. And it was triggered by the sound of our baseball game. They want to come play with us. Um, Edward's like, shit, we got to get Bella out of here. And Alice, like, we don't have time to get Bella out of yeah. here. So just act natural, you know, and we'll figure this out. The newcomers get there. There's three of them. Two men and a, two yeah. men and a woman. They introduce themselves. Uh-huh. They are Laurent, James, and Victoria. Laurent kind of positions himself as kind of like he's the leader, like he mm-hmm. speaks for the other two. Yes. Victoria is fidgety and very nervous. Yeah. And um, James is sort of like curious. Yeah. He seems extremely interested in the situation that is currently playing out. You know, Edward is shifting through their thoughts and he doesn't get anything threatening from them. Like they're just curious. They want to play and kind of hang out. A little apprehensive. Well, they're very curious because the Cullens are this huge vampire clan, and apparently that's abnormal. Usually, yeah. Well, they assumed it was like two or three clans that had gathered because usually vampires are—they're usually by themselves. But when they're not by pairs. themselves, or they might be in pairs, but there's rarely ever more than two vampires or three vampires together at once in a clan. Uh huh. And Carlisle, you know, introduces himself you know, as like the leader and he says, this is my family. And they're like, what? Yeah. He's like, oh, they're together. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now. Bella's in Mm -hmm. the back. Edward is tapping his foot to kind of disguise the sound of Bella's heartbeat. And they have all kind of, all the Cullens, Rosalie included, have sort of positioned themselves kind of in a gaggle in front of, you know, Bella. Like they're kind of in a group. Well, also Jasper is using, Mm -hmm. so Jasper has the ability to kind of manipulate the mood of the situation. Yes. So Jasper is manipulating the mood to the point where mm-hmm. um, where he's standing, like he's trying to protect Alice and by making Alice and Bella look so uninteresting that no one's even looking at them. So they haven't even noticed Bella because of Jasper's manipulation mm-hmm. to make them so 
unremarkable. Yeah, there's so many moving pieces here, you know, to keep Bella disguised. And so they think that they're going to get away with it. Right. Until a wind comes. Oh, it's always the wind, girl. It's, it's always, always the, the breeze. Wind. It's the breeze that comes through. It blows it right into the new vampire's faces. And James, he flips his script and is like, I'm the eater. Yeah, he's like, it's a human. And he immediately, like, takes a step forward. And Edward's just, Edward goes into, like, a fighting stance, like, growling. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not touching her. Carlisle's like, listen, let's part as friends. You can leave. We'll leave. We'll just go. And Laurent, who, again, positioned himself as the leader, was yeah. like, hey, you know what? That's fine. Yeah, you know? he's like, it's fine. We, we're not, we're not going to harm the human. Everything's good. But Edward knows better because he can hear Ed, yeah. the thoughts of James. And he mm-hmm. can see that James is a hunter. And now... Because James saw that that Bella is so well protected, he's even more intrigued because he's like, oh, this is a challenge. Yeah, now it's a challenging game. Um, and he wants to prove that he's the best, that he can do it. Well, the situation is so much more dire than Bella even realizes because mm-hmm. Bella just thinks that they just had a close call with some vampires. But Edward lets her know, like, no, Bella, because Ed- Bella is like, OK, can-, can you take me home? And Edward's like, you can't go home, Bella. Like this vamp, this James guy, he is a hunter. I saw in his head. He's never going to stop until he finds you, because now you are his new game. And he mm-hmm. he's so intrigued by you. And so they have to come up as they're driving. They have to come up with a plan yeah. for getting Bella away safely. Yeah. So the plan that they finally came to was that they were going to split up into threes. They they want to scatter her scent to mm-hmm. kind of make the tracker, make the hunter guy track her in, in other directions. Yeah. But Bella, being as smart as she is, she says, hey, this isn't going to work because he's going to know that that Edward, based on how he reacted in the field, he's going to know that Edward is my protector and he's never going to leave me alone. So Alice is like, that's absolutely why Edward would not be going with you. Yeah. And Ed- Edward, not wanting to leave Bella, does know that it's for the best and he has to. Yeah. You know, his father, his mother, and Rosalie cover themselves in Bella's scent and take off into different directions, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of help deter the tracker from finding her. Well, Bella has to go home to kind of give herself a cover story. Mm-hmm. So she goes home and she has to say horrible things to Charlie. She has to tell Charlie, like, can't be stuck in this stupid disgusting town like my mom was and she says these horrible things that hurt his feelings she's like i can't be in forks another minute i hate it here i don't want to be stuck here like you're stuck here and so she runs upstairs and starts packing her bags and charlie's like just wait just wait just wait you know like yeah i'll get you on a plane tomorrow if you really want to go home but like you know like honey you can't just leave in the middle of the night and you know edward's up there helping her pack all her stuff. She tells Charlie, like, I'm going to mom's. So she mm-hmm. is saying that she's going to drive to Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. They know, by the way, the Cullens and, and Bella, they know that the hunter is listening. First of all, they all know that the hunter is never going to attack Bella while they are around him. He's going to be spying on them to wait for the perfect opportunity. Yes. So the whole idea is that they're kind of setting up a trap Mm-hmm. But it's funny because when they came up with this idea to set up the trap of, of having him hear her say this, mm-hmm. they were like, well, where where would you go then? If you're going to if you say you're going to Phoenix, where would you really go? And she said, well, that's easy. I'm going to Phoenix. And they're like, huh? And she's like, yeah. she's like, well, if he hears me say that I'm going to Phoenix and he knows that we know he's listening, then the last place he's going to think I'm going to go is Phoenix. Yeah. And she's just like devious. <laughs> she is devious. Edward gets into a car with Emmett and Carlisle and he's carrying a very suspicious looking duffel bag that he hopes 
looks like he's he's carrying Bella, right? Because yes. his whole intention is like, I, I know the hunter is looking. So he pretends that he has Bella in a duffel bag and, <laughs> and gets in a car with mm-hmm. Emmett and Carlisle and they just drive in like a different direction. James the hunter is following Edward and Emmett and Carlisle and they're like, it's working, it's working. And then suddenly Edward, Emmett and Carlisle try to ambush the hunter and he, the hunter runs. He actually gets into water where they can't track him and... And goes. So at this point, Edward is like, okay, okay, this this plan failed. We need to reconnect with Bella. Yeah. So he calls Alice and Jasper and says that he's going that him, Emmett, and Carlisle are on their way to Phoenix. Edward, Emmett, and Carlisle are going to this super sunny place, which remember their skin looks like a diamond. So they have to go incognito. They're wearing like big hoodies, like airport hoodies. And caps sunglasses. and sunglasses. They must look so freaking shady. Yeah. And so, you know, Edward gets there. Alice and Jasper lost Bella. He's yeah. so bad. <laughs> so Alice can see Bella is in a ballet studio. He's going to a ballet studio. Yes. So they have to race to this ballet studio, but James has already started in on his torture of Bella. Oh, my God. There's blood everywhere. Like Edward blood. gets there. Everywhere. But, you know, thankfully, Bella's still alive, but barely. I mean, she's the hunter, the hunter, James. He was Mm -hmm. torturing Bella this whole time that they were racing to her. You know, Carlisle immediately switches into doctor mode while Jasper and Emmett go into killer mode. They quickly dispose of James. James, at this point, knows he can't win. Because James was never a fighter. He was always just a hunter. He's always good at just... Just stalking someone, getting them alone and killing them. But how did that? Because we didn't talk about how vampires die because Edward does tell Bella this. Yeah, you have to like decapitate them and then break apart their pieces and then set them on fire or else they could like reconnect. So basically you kill vampires the way you kill anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Just just regular. It's just the normal way. (laughs) Edward is with Carlisle going into triage mode to kind of assess Bella's injuries and stuff. You know, Alice is there with them. At first, they think that they're just um, treating all these wounds. Like she has a broken arm, a broken leg. She's bleeding out of everywhere. Cracked ribs. Yeah. But then they realize, oh, and Carlisle is it's is not a regular doctor. Okay. He's no, in Carlisle is already starting to stitch her up, field setting her leg. Like he is like super doctor. He's extraordinary because he's superhuman. So he has like superhuman sight, superhuman senses, speed. Mm-hmm. So he can triage her in a way that no no one else can yeah but there's a bigger problem here the bigger problem is is that as they're starting to stitch her up and stuff and you know um edward's talking to her like baby you're gonna be okay you know like we're gonna get you fine like everything's gonna be fine yeah. like, i'm really sorry about this as he's doing that she's like my hand hurts and yeah. he's like that's weird he's like out of all the injuries she's like my hand hurts you're literally bleeding out of your head but sure bella your head your hand burns um so then he looks down and he sees that There are teeth marks. There's teeth marks. So once James saw that the Cullens were arriving, he bit her as like a last fuck you. Yeah. Um, So she is currently in transition, the venom, because so Edward knows that the burning she's describing is the vampire venom in her veins. Yeah, it's going to slowly, he said it's going to slowly make its way up her arm. And then once it hits, you know, her main body, it's going to quickly spread after that. Yeah. And Edward is terrified he's like carlisle like dad what do i do you know like i don't know what to do and carlisle's like edward you can suck the blood you suck the poison out suck the poison back out and he's like carlisle i don't know if i'm gonna be able to stop 
Wouldn't it be funny if it's like you treat it the way you you treat a um uh, a jellyfish bite? It's like you have to pee. It, you, <laughs> you, you have to pee it? on it, Edward. You have to pee on it. <laughs> oh my god! But no, he doesn't have to pee on her. He just has to suck the venom out. This is like the ultimate test of Edward's self control and restraint and like love for Bella mm-hmm. to if he can do this without killing her. And he is not sure. He is one hundred percent. He's like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I can. Maybe I can't. But he tries. He's willing. He's willing to risk it. <laughs> um, He tries and he succeeds. He is able to do it. I mean, Carlo does have to tell him like twice, like, that's enough. It gets close because as he's sucking the venom out, he can taste the moment where the blood is no longer tainted with the venom. Mm-hmm. And then it's super delicious. <laughs> and then he's like, just a couple more gulps. And Carlisle's like, stop it. He's like, she's already dying. And you're like, she's already bleeding to death. And you're sucking extra blood out. Like, cut it out. Mm-hmm. Um, He does stop, though. He yeah. does stop. They take her to a hospital because now she needs, you know, she needs blood, basically. And they- Yeah, she needs blood. Uh, Carlisle calls in a friend that he knows in Phoenix to come yeah. and personally take care of Bella. During this time, Alice formulates this plan. And Alice, I think we need to take a minute (laughs) to appreciate how fucking much of a logistical badass Alice is. Oh, yeah. She knows. So she's she's putting all the pieces together to make their cover story work. Because their cover story is that Bella ran away to Phoenix, Uh checked into a hotel room, but then fell down the f- a flight of stairs and went through a window and that's why she's so injured that's that's a cover yeah. story and 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 alice is setting it up alice is setting it up and she does it beautifully yeah. she even steals bags of blood the same blood type as bella to set uh-huh. up the accident scene i feel like alice does not get enough appreciation because the collins are they're working they're working double time baby so we got alice setting up mm-hmm. the the cover story we have carlisle who is you know a respected member of the forks community uh-huh. he gets a hold of bella's dad and he's like hey there was an accident with your daughter do not worry i'm a doctor and i got her to get help just in time and mm-hmm. everything's okay but i just wanted to let you know she's in a hospital don't ask questions okay yeah and charlie you know is like what the fuck <laughs> It takes Bella about, you know, a little over a week to recover enough for her to come back to Forks. And even then she needs she needs Alice to take care of her. Yeah, she needs help bathing yeah. and take using the bathroom and stuff. And Alice is like, I got you, girl. I yeah. got you. And Charlie's like, thank yeah. God. And they're best. They, they've really become best friends now, Bella and Alice. Um, and Charlie absolutely loves yeah. Alice. So that Edward's like, hey, babe. And Charlie's like, fuck off. <laughs> Bella and Edward, they have that so where's this going conversation? Well, to Bella, it's like really simple. She's like, hey, listen, I am human and I have almost died like 20 times since you met me. Why don't you just change me to a vampire? It makes sense. Yeah, just change me to a vampire. We could be together forever. And Edward is like, listen to me, Bella, very carefully. I will never under any circumstances change you into a vampire ever. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know what? I know that's Cap because I know that Alice saw me becoming a vampire. So it does happen. That is straight up cap. <laughs> but, you know, they have that conversation. And Bella, at this point, she gets moved from the big plaster cast into a walking cast, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely much more manageable. She doesn't have to be in a wheelchair anymore. She can use yeah. crutches. Alice kidnaps her and gives her, like, this makeover. And Edward ambushes her into taking her to prom. Yeah. And she's like, what? Prom? No. <laughs> Bella has been through how and back this school year. And the, the mm-hmm. only thing that terrifies her... Not all of her near misses and, and times that she almost, di- almost died. Not the hunter that, you know, tried to murder her. 
No, she's scared of prom because of dancing. She's scared of dancing. That terrifies her. I I don't understand that. <laughs> I would 100% do not understand that. Like, out of all the Who things. Who doesn't want to go to prom? Who doesn't want to put on a cute dress? Not me. Do I you want know to. How many, do you, but do you know what it is? I think when you're young, you don't realize that as you get older, you will have zero opportunities to get glammed up. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have chances. Like, your, your office Christmas party is not going to be a black tie event, girl. No. You know? You're going to have your friend's weddings where, like, you're a bridesmaid. Yeah, and then you don't you don't get a choice. Yeah, you don't get a choice of the dress, you know? So he ambushes her, takes her to prom, and she they're dancing. And Bella's kind of down. She's kind yeah. of sad. And Edward's like, hey, babe, like, what's, what's wrong? For the record, he never calls her babe. <laughs> like, it's, That's a you thing. That's a me thing. Um, he's like, you know, hey, what's wrong? And she's like, I just, I thought we were getting dressed up for a different yeah. reason. And he's like... What reason would that be? And she's like, you know. And at first, I'm like, ah, oh, she thought she was getting the D. <laughs> um, no, she thought he was going to change her. She's like, I thought you might have changed your yeah. mind, you know, on changing me. And he's like, you think that's a black tie event? <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I've never done this before, maybe. And so he's like, are you ready? Are you really ready to be changed? And she's like, yes, do it. And yeah. so he like elaborately and dramatically like leans down and like licks her neck. And he's like, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So in in Edward's head, because Bella is saying like, please don't ever leave me. And in his head, he's like, I have to leave you. Like he has made up his mind already that once she is healthy and in a good place mentally, mm-hmm. that he's going to leave her. Like he doesn't want to rob her of a future. And that's kind of where it ends. It's just... That's where it leads that's us. That's where we are left. And I don't think we're ever going to get the other books from Edward's perspective. And that makes me kind of sad. I don't think so either. But I don't know. I I'm, I am content with this retelling yeah. from Edward's point of view. I really enjoy being inside his sort of dark mind. It was super fun. Yeah, girl. So that is where Midnight Sun ends. And I, you know... It was it was quite the ride. I enjoyed it. I will be doing it again. All right, guys. Looks like the teapot is empty for today. More tea is brewing and on the way. We'll be back next week with After. It's a Netflix movie based on the book by Anna Todd. So as always, thank you for listening. And please feel free to check out our show notes for information regarding the books and movies we discuss. If you like our podcast, please leave a review and share with a friend. Yeah. Do you know how easy it is to share with a friend? You just send it to them via text and then your friend will be like, oh, wow, she was thinking about me and you're not a horrible friend anymore because you haven't texted your friend back. This is your reminder. Text your friend back. Yeah. You forgot to text your friend back. And when you text her back, text her this podcast. That's true love. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. That ain't no cap. That ain't no cap. Oh, God, we are so hip. We are so hip. Gen Z's going to listen to this like, no. Listen, if Gen Z starts making fun of us, I'm just going to quit. <laughs> I'm just going to leave. We're just going to give up. You, you can't You can't fight Gen Z. Hey, what happened to that podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Gen Z called them chuggy and they just deleted everything and disappeared. <laughs>